Hello, this is John Payer. Welcome to episode 6 of Payer's Poetry Podcast. As usual, we start with a sonnet. This was a follow-up to an earlier poem I wrote describing the view from the bedroom window of my end terrace house on a slightly elevated site, giving me a view over the town to the downs beyond. Then it was a cloudy day, but one field that I described as a field of light was prominent because it was planted with almost day-glow yellow rape. By the date of our first poem, it had been harvested and re-sown. I know not with what, though it might have been maize. I've called it industrial farming. My field of light is now a field of plastic, providing the illusion of a slanted lake. No doubt the germination is fantastic, but I'm not sure that I can quickly shake the notion off that it despoils the view that I so highly prize. Will it degrade in sunlight, or like all things new, do we not fully know what ills man-made might come by treating countryside with science without a thinking through of possibility? I know to place unthought our whole reliance on things traditional or mediocrity is not the way to go but hydrocarbons in the soil might counteract the savings both of time and toil. Written in May 2015. Now we go back in time, um, and in episode four I read a poem called Lord's Central Hotel Matheran. Today's second piece was written some days earlier, just after we had landed in Goa and met Chris. Uh, We being uh, my former wife Sandy and me. We got some food from a shack on the beach and walked along the strand. Christmas 2002. Scampering barefoot on the strand in sketchy clothing against the backdrop of palm trees and lush vegetation on the one side and sparkling blue water on the other. Boys scurry hither and thither with whoops and calls. From a distance it is not clear why, but as we near them I realise that a game of beach cricket is in progress. Not as I used to play sedately with my father and siblings at Sandwich Bay on what passed for a warm day in a typical British summer with a stiff onshore breeze, but with temperatures in the 80s in tropical Goa, a day or two before Christmas. For a moment, every so often, there is a calm, flat layer of water that reflects the few clouds to perfection. Then it is again disturbed. As a former enclave occupied by the Portuguese, the season has significance. But it was later British influence that brought cricket. Now our former subjects in India are world beaters, and here is one of their more basic training grounds. It is unclear what constitutes the boundary except on the seaside and that is variable as the gentle waves of the Indian Ocean ebb and flow. Briefly, my son joins in with the younger players and is welcomed and and we stand back to watch with delight and amusement. Four driftwood sticks suffice for stumps. The bowling would terrify me but fine hand-and-eye coordination enables the quickest ball to be struck cleanly and far, and sometimes, when lofted, plucked athletically from the air to the accompaniment of shouts congratulatory or triumphant. 
Compared to me at their age, they are strong, glad and free. Though clearly poor, they are all gallant lads who know no fear. The third poem today only dates back to September 2020 and summarises my views on recent populist politicians. I'm grateful to Stephen Sondheim for the first four words. It's called Clowns. Send in the clowns, like a badly coiffed old Etonian, an orange overcombed New York tyrant, competent at neither trade nor law-based rule, each thinking their brain is super-Newtonian. If you cannot understand why it is I rant, it is because each is truly an ignorant fool. Where are the clowns? In the corridors of power, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and 10 Downing Street, aided and abetted in the shadows by the unelected, with the elected complicit or silent every hour, afraid to stand opposed, they cannot take the heat. It's worse than ever anyone suspected. There ought to be clowns, but not in charge of matters. We all need entertainment, but from comics on TV, with our leaders having gravitas and competence. With clowns in power, all will surely end in tatters. We need those with ability and wisdom on CV, a man or woman of some lasting consequence. Send in the clowns to where they should be living, seclusion, an asylum or other distant place. Let's vote out these losers, each of them a puppet of Cummings or Putin. Let us all be giving, with thrown up hands and covered face, lots of space to all such men and say, we need no such muppet. I realise I have two abroad poems in this set. That will cost me later. Christmas 2002 was from miscellaneous for some reason, but many of my poems could fit under several different headings. Mountains could be under nature, but it also reflects of travelling I've done. Mountains. It's hard to imagine the forces of nature that brought to their prominence mountains we see, not just in this country, but also in Asia, the Americas, Europe and Africa. We may see them as pimples on pictures from space. The view from the ISS must be so grand. Like the carbuncles on an old relative's face that we as young children may sometimes have panned. But even Ben Nevis, our highest of all, when seen from its foot, is a challenge to daunt. Compared with the Alps, say, it's really quite small. They have over 50 4K ones to flaunt. I've stood on the smouldering slopes of Mount Etna and thought of the heat generated within. I've done Tongariro and crossed a dead crater and seen from the fissures the vapour so thin. I've seen a caldera, Ngoro Ngoro, just teeming with wildlife that cannot escape, and slept in a hut on Mount Kilimanjaro, whose grandeur just raises the hairs on my nape. I've skied in the Alps and the stark Dolomites. I'm grateful for chairlifts, I have to admit. But by avalanche they establish their rights to be climbed on with caution, respect and good kit. 
Their form may be folded by pressures we can't for a moment get hold of with our simple minds, or riven by tectonic movement and aren't left untouched over eons, erosion of kinds such as rain, wind and snow melt, and glaciers as well, have made what we see now, experience as beauty. We love what we see, and though others we'd tell, preserving their wilderness state is a duty. I wrote that one uh, in February 2016, and that's the last uh, of our poems for um, episode six. Um, But there are others prepared, and hopefully you'll be with me in the following weeks. Thank you very much. Goodbye.